The Pro Act know-how. Beginning of October is six months into the uh, UK calendar year. So anybody that's uh, been in the UK since the bit start of April, the start of the UK tax year, it will become qualified as a tax resident this month. Uh, vice versa, if you left the UK, then you've done enough time outside the UK to be non-resident to the current tax year. So what's the implications for that? Uh, the UK use a, a tax year um, based upon the spring, the Julian calendar, the old Roman calendar, uh, which was changed about three or 400 years ago in, in Europe to the Georgian calendar. Um, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. There's a few other countries do a, a, a spring tax year, uh, countries like Hong Kong, South Africa, and, and Isle of Man. Uh, but many countries around the world now use the, the current Georgian calendar year. So uh, consider that um, as, as, a, as a, a complication. But there are other countries as well that use the half year and they use different dates throughout the year. So it changes from country to country. When we're talking about independence, though, the, the, the tax officers will always match up the tax year. So if you're uh, tax resident uh, for 2022 in a calendar tax year jurisdiction, um, then the April 22 tax year in the UK is the relevant earnings period for that return uh, at the end of 22. Um, be, but it works in reverse. So in April 23, if you're a UK tax resident, and you've come from a, a, an, a calendar tax year ju jurisdiction, the, the December 22 period, the year to December 22, is, is the comparable tax year uh, for, for somebody going into the UK. So inward and outward bound make, makes a difference. And it's something that you need to consider, um, uh, you know, when, when comparing that. Uh, your t when, once you become tax resident or independently uh, taxed and non-resident, there are lots of conditions that apply. And, and, the, and these are some of the topics that we want to discuss and, and touch on in, in this webinar now. So first of all, let's consider uh, residents and tax residents. You can be resident in the UK and resident in another jurisdiction, and you might have tax liabilities and return liabilities in both jurisdictions. So nothing is absolute one way or the, or, or the other. It depends upon your individual circumstances. Uh, at ProAct, we offer a free consultants review uh, for new clients, but we also have an online retained client service we can advise and guide you. Uh, so. Uh, uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel to stay in touch with guidance and advice, but also subscribe to us uh, or ask us uh, at projectpartnership.co.uk for a free review to review your circumstance. So where you, your residents, you can be resident in more than one country, um, and but you have to have a tax residence. Now that tax residence can be a zero tax residence or it can be a high tax residence. That, that, that's something that, that's different again. But you have to have a tax residence. This is the point. So if we look at a, a jurisdiction like uh, Indonesia, expats can't be a tax resident. You can't get more than a six-month visa at the moment. So you can't be a tax resident in Indonesia. You can be resident, 
but not tax resident in in, in a year. Um, so that that's a particular distinction there. So you have to have a tax resident, but you can be resident in more than one country, um, and and also you can be non-tax resident in those countries. So and whether you're outbound or inbound, whether you're UK national or not, all has a bearing. Uh, so let's consider the the uh, domicile status. Nationality is not the same as domicile, and domicile and nationality are not the same as tax residence. And domicile, nationality, and tax residence are not the same as your residence. Okay, your domicile is where you're from. So, ostensibly, that is uh, where you're born, where your parents are born, where your parents are from. Now, for expats, that gets very complicated, as we know, um, and we love that. But, um, so, you know, expats having a child in another country, that their child could still be domiciled in the parent's country, um, but the, the child doesn't get a, ch a, a choice in, until they become a, a mature adult. Uh, if they grow up in a country, they will become domiciled to, to that country. Um, but they could choose it to revert back to the family's home country uh, at adulthood. Um, what the domicile uh, status can do, it can give you lots of opportunities to manage your circumstance. Um, so, for example, expats coming to the UK that are non-domicile can pay tax on a remittance basis. So that makes it a very tax-efficient place for an expat to come into the UK and relocate. Now, you need to have some sort of residency visa to do that outside the EU. Uh, there's a work-related or an industry-related uh, invitation that needs to go alongside that, that residency visa. Um, but uh, once you've got that, though, you can stay. And if you stay for five years, you can become a permanent resident, a settled status or, or a citizen in the UK to sustain that. But domicile, it doesn't, um, isn't effective until you've been a tax resident in the UK for 15 tax years. So over a 20 year period, if you're a tax resident 15 years in the UK, the UK will deem you to be domiciled. Before that time, you've got the option to submit tax on a non-residence basis, uh, on a non-remitter basis. So uh, a non-domicile, expat coming to the UK for the first seven years can just uh, declare their uh, local income and their local earnings and not their worldwide earnings uh, and income. Uh, so they're just declaring UK income for tax and not their worldwide earnings. So remittance basis save, could save uh, an expat uh, a, a lot of money. Um, and the deter determination on that tax residence will have a factor. So that, that is something that domicile uh, and non-domicile people can do or not do either way. So if you're domiciled to the UK, you don't have that option. Um, if you're domiciled in another country, you do have some, you do have other options. So an, an expat relocating to Cyprus could be non-domicile. And therefore, they don't pay any tax on movable income, such as dividends and interest uh, and, and property rental incomes uh, uh, for 17 out of 20 years. So non-domicile status can be a very cost-effective way 
uh, of minimizing investment and, and, and dividend income for personal service companies and, and investors living and working abroad. So when we're not considering domicile, we're just considering tax residents, then it comes down to ties. And um, with the tax residents, really, we're looking at three years. So for an expat coming to the UK or leaving the UK, if you want to um, have certain freedoms, that first three years is, is quite crucial. And your circumstance within that is, is quite crucial in terms of how many days you can spend in, in a particular country. Um, when, um, whether you're outbound or inbound, the same sort of factors come into place. Just to be clear though, um, to be independently taxed. So if you want to go expat from the UK and you've left in April, October, you're independent of the UK tax, but you've got to be tax resident somewhere else. So if you've achieved that, that, that then you're starting to be able to consider that you're non-resident. Um, but that means that you're not working in the UK, that you're not uh, living in the UK, uh, you've not got accommodation in the UK, that your family's not in the UK. But most importantly, there's got to be a double taxation treaty between your home country and the country that you're tax resident in. So if there's no double taxation treaty, um, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're living in a, a zero tax resident country, if there's no uh, double taxation treaty, then you, then you will still be liable to, to that tax liability. So let's consider the next stage now. So uh, <clears throat> whether you're going in or out of the UK, it affects how, how the uh, tax residency is going to be impacted. Um, so um, if you're leaving the UK, you've still got an element of work that you can do in the UK accommodation time that you can spend in the UK. But essentially, to be non-resident, you need to break your ties with the UK. If you keep ties, it restricts what you can do. Uh, and the first three years are quite crucial. Uh, if you've been outside the UK for more than three years and you've got one or less tie in the UK, uh, then you can spend 182 days in the UK and be non-resident. So from the uh, 6th of April to the end of September, you can spend all that time in the UK and leave in the first week of October and live in another jurisdiction as a tax resident for the rest of that year. You will not be tax resident in the UK for this current tax year. But you've got to be out of the UK for the last three years, three tax years, not three calendar years, three UK tax years, and um, you've not got to have any ties back into the UK. So if you've got uh, accommodation that you're staying in or work that you're doing in the UK or, or uh, uh, while you're staying in the UK, so if you're working while you're in the UK for that 182 days, that counts as a, as, as a tie. So all, all these things uh, have an impact. If you spend more than 90 days in the UK in a year, that will give you a tie as well. Um, if you've got family in the UK, that will give you a tie. So 
you can spend 182 days in, in a year as long as you follow the rules. So uh, the, mo the, the more times you've got, the less days you can spend without being tax resident. So uh, if you've been out of the UK for more than three, three years, um, the, the minimum uh, time that you can spend uh, that they can qualify to spend in the UK without being tax resident is 45 days. So even with four ties or more, you would still spend 45 days in the UK, which is uh, a month and a half, six weeks in the UK um, as a tax resident. Once you um, have gone over the three years, then things can ease off and you can have a bit more flexibility. But still, if you're under three years, you're um, to be absolutely sure that you're going to be non-resident. Your, your maximum number of days is 16. Um, and you've got to have no ties at all to the UK to be able to uh, spend 182 days in the UK. So um, if you've... Um, if you're in the UK now, and you've been in the UK since April, you are going to be tax resident this year because you spent more than 182 days at the start of October. If you spent less than 182 days and you've got no ties at all, then, then potentially you, you could be non-resident still for this tax year. But to be qualified for no ties, you cannot have stayed in a, a home that you own or, or a home that's got, um, uh, is connected, you know, you've got a family connection where that, you know, your room and your bed is kept. So siblings and family will, will be classed as, as, as accommodation in, in the UK. Um, you can't work for, for more than 40 days in the UK. That will be another re restriction that, that we, if your family's in the UK, that's a tie. If you've got a previous track record of spending more than, 90 days in the UK that that's a tie as well so you've all always got these ties that are coming back to to haunt you once you spend more than 90 days in a country or if you've been less than three three years in the country to so to actually get uh the option to spend 182 days is quite remote and and the killer is that if you spend 182 days in the UK you have to spend the rest of the days in another country, in one single other country. So if, you, if you're a UK expat, you spend more time in the UK, even if it's only 90 days than any other country, then you're a tax resident in the UK. So you have to have your tax resident elsewhere and, and not spend more days in the UK than elsewhere to remain independent of UK tax. Um, uh, with, with the tax independence day. So we look there at the broad picture uh, over the year from April to October. If you, you could, if you've left the UK now, you can still be uh, non-resident for the year, depending on your previous circumstances. So what are the options? If, if you resolve um, that, that you've got some sort of tax liability in the UK, on your days in the UK, what are your options? Again, coming back to this three-year thing, um, if it's more than three tax years, 
since you've relocated, you can use a split year treatment. And this is a golden ticket that gives you two tax years in, in one. So the split year rule can be used once, but not within a three year tax period. You, you need three, four tax years cleared to make a, a, the split year rule work properly. Anything short than that, you're liable to have your worldwide income taxed, potentially up to the seven years that that could happen, but definitely three UK tax years uh, allows a split year rule uh, to, to work and that gives you a clean break. So if you start a new contract on the 1st of October uh, in, in a different jurisdiction, you can earn your 100,000 in that new jurisdiction and, and it will be free of UK tax. Um, it, that those earnings between October and April next year, uh, because you're using split year, to protect that from your worldwide income. But then you have to stay non-resident for up to three years for that not to fall back into tax. The UK uh, HMRC rules say that you need to do a tax return if you're requested to and and uh, if you've got a tax liability. So if, you're, if you've got a tax residency and you've got a liability to tax on your worldwide income, that, that that is a reason for you to do a tax return. Uh, you know, if you try to be discreet and not do that tax return, when you go back into the UK, uh, 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 you know, to claim pensions, to claim uh, working, or to claim uh, employment, there'll be a tax assessment, and it, it will review that situation. So, when you're doing a split year return, a notice to leave or join the UK, uh, that the, the uh, tax authorities are looking at your history and, and seeing what your situation and what your circumstance is. So split year work, rules work, use them to your advantage. For more knowledge, help and guidance, contact us at, at productpartnership.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and keep in touch with uh, you know our extra bits that we do for, for clients. We have a retained client service which offers online advice and guidance and we give you some exclusive content that we look at uh, uh, to that just goes out to uh, uh, retain clients and that gives us that extra deep dive but what we can do as well is, is retain clients can include uh, some tax registration mailbox services and, and registered office services to support expats uh, business and family and property uh, living and working abroad so uh, the, the split year is, is one way to manage your residence and your non-residence. The, 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 the other action is to be, uh, is, is that you could actually have a tax liability in, in, in both jurisdictions at the same time. If, if there's a double taxation treaty, then uh, that, that, that's the first criteria that you need. So you've gone expat. You're either relocated to the UK or, or leaving the UK. It's be in in October. Are, are you free of UK tax or are you now tax resident in the UK? So there needs to be a, a double taxation treaty between you and your country of tax residence. That's the first thing. If there is, and and there's a dispute, what are the criteria that are used? Well, we're going to look at the the tax people are going to look at where is your permanent home. Uh, where's your family? Where's your economic interest? 
and where you habitually are living and working. So if you're a nomad and you're working, moving around, first of all, you've got to consider in the background that uh, UK expats, if they spend more time in the UK than another jurisdiction, they're going to be liable for tax in the UK. Um, but uh, you've got to have your tax present somewhere else. Now, some countries require you to be in country for 183 days. So, uh, uh, and as we mentioned earlier, Indonesia, you can only get a 180-day visa because they want you out before you become a tax resident. You can't do that. Um, so, but to become a tax resident in another jurisdiction, in generally, the international law says you've got to have accommodation in that jurisdiction. So that means you've got the expense of, of accommodation where you've got to either own property or, or have a, a rental contract for the year for you then to be able to make a tax registration. And changes in international uh, tax rules under the OECD rules were tightened up uh, in 2020 to make sure that the uh, arrangements are made in, in such a way that a tax registration can only be granted when a permanent residency in country is proven. Um, now, there's many a, a, a way to manage that process, but it, it, if you are going to be non-resident and tax resident in a country, you've actually got to make that commitment to do that. So if it's a 183 tax ju day jurisdiction in the UK, You've got to be have your accommodation in the UK and be able to live and stay there. Could be with family, uh, or it could be a tenancy, or it could be somewhere that you own. If you own property in multiple jurisdictions uh, or, or tenancy in multiple jurisdictions, then that that is one way that allows you to to do that. So that's the way forward uh, in terms of the current legislation. In a 183 jurisdiction, you've got to have that permanent accommodation. Uh, it doesn't mean that your family can't come and stay in your home, um, but that, that, that's the other way. So for more help and guidance about relocating uh, to get your residency permits and, and uh, tax uh, registration uh, it, as, an, as an expat in another jurisdiction, you can contact us at productpartnership.com and as I say, we offer a free review on all, all our topics uh, to new clients, um, but our retained client service offers online advice and consultations uh, as you go along. There are some other jurisdictions that are more flexible though, uh, and uh, we often talk about Cyprus where uh, they've got a 60-day rule. Now the attraction of the 60-day rule is that uh, it, what it means is that you uh, are allowed to only be in country for 60 days. So if you want this nomadic lifestyle where, you, where you're three months in the UK, uh, two months in Cyprus and um, seven months in the rest of the world, you can't do that. I can't believe I said that. Um, because if you're a UK expat, that wouldn't work. If you're not a UK expat, it would work. But if you're a UK expat, you've got to spend more days in another country uh, than the UK. So, uh, but with Cyprus, you've got this 60-day rule. So it's only 60 days in country. But even with that 60-day rule now, you have to have the accommodation 
um, and, and 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 the work base in in Cyprus. So if you're uh, uh, operating out of a personal service company, uh, that personal service company can be have your registered office and a, a, a registered address in Cyprus, and that's your employment basis. Uh, that, that then allows you to be registered and certified as tax resident under the 60-day rule, which will then mean that you can be non-resident to your home country. Um, and if that's the UK, um, then that will suffice. Uh, even if you spend 90 days in the UK, as long as you spend more than 90 days in another country, you only have to spend 60 days in Cyprus. You may want to spend more in Cyprus, um, but with remote working, and, and uh, uh, flexible working, that there are different options for different people in, in the way that circumstance works. Um, so in summary, what we're saying is to be a tax person in some way, you have to commit to that jurisdiction in terms of somewhere to live and, and, and be your base. Um, and, th and that varies from country to country, but generally you have to spend at least that six months in that country to qualify as a tax resident. Once you've done that, you've got more flexibility. Some countries like Cyprus, you, you only have to spend 60 days to be certified as tax resident in that jurisdiction. If it's the base of your personal service company or your, or your business or a branch of, of your, your business is registered in the UK, it is registered in Cyprus. So, Tax Independence Day for the UK, um, it's slightly different. It's not something to worry about. The, the two tax years um, uh, between two countries, when the uh, expats are concerned, are all taken in and, and lined up uh, accordingly. Um, so we've got halfway through the UK tax year. So if you want to assess if you're non-resident because you relocated abroad, uh, a 2022 calendar tax year um, will we'll compare, uh, uh, use the income that's earned up to April 22 in that, in that tax return in, in that jurisdiction. Uh, for the UK, if, you, if you're going to be non-resident in the UK, your tax return to April 23 will only cover the period up until you've left before um, the half year point at the start of October. If you have been in the UK more than the half year between April and, and the first week in October, then you are going to be tax resident for that year. If you spend more than 183 days in a country, you are technically tax resident in that country. Uh, now, you can't spend more than 183 days in, in two countries, but you could have income and assets and liability in those two countries and the double taxation treaty sorts that out based upon where your economic activity is where the time you've habitually spent is where you've done the work where your family is uh, and, and what your habitual movements are all those things we can assess at product partnership and we offer consultant reviews and online retained client advice service for expats living and working abroad uh, we've got no questions that come in today on this live webinar. Uh, join us each Wednesday uh, uh, at 11 o'clock UK time uh, for our webinars for expats living and working abroad. Um, 
to find out more, contact us at projectpartnership.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and share it with friends so that you can keep your people and your connections in the know. And, and we can provide you with uh, help and guidance every step of the way. Uh, go along to our website at projectpartnership.co.uk uh, to subscribe or book a free review. And we'll see you again next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.